Good morning, Jays fans. Uh, today's episode, we're going to just leave in the pre-show preamble that we usually have as a Patreon exclusive. So if you've been considering supporting us on Patreon, uh, every episode before we hit record, Scott and I BS toss ideas around scramble for 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, it's usually pretty lighthearted and pretty fun. So we leave that in and everybody on the Patreon gets to see that for all of our episodes. In addition to the early access, the uh, extra priority for questions for mailbag, uh, the MLB Monday show that we do. And then every Wednesday uh, we have our writer's room with Joel as we continue to write our baseball TV series. Uh, so you can get involved there. Anyways, today's episode, uh, we went for about 16 and a half minutes. So if you're not enjoying the preamble, my apologies, skip ahead 16 and a half minutes and the show starts. Um, otherwise enjoy, I hope you enjoy and, uh, consider subscribing $4 a month, patreon.com slash the walk off podcast. Cheers. Good morning, Patreon. It is a Friday, February 9th. It is minus 10 outside. That's all I've got for you. Ooh, there's a nice blue shirt. Oh, and his pitching ninja hat. Very nice. Scott Belford. Your hair's getting long, buddy. Can't hear me yet. Hey, buddy. Hey, your hair's getting long. Thank you. Been growing it out. Are you going back to like... Long no. hair of the no. This is probably as long as it's gonna get. It's probably as long as it's gonna get. I uh, I like your old headshots with like the full shoulder yes, length hair. It has made it so that I can use those old headshots again, which is great <laughs> because they are probably my best headshots. <laughs> they're they're awesome. Uh, how you doing? I am good, man. How's your wife? Uh, she feeling better? Yeah, so we went down and saw my grandma, like I was telling you, and then uh, we hung out with my old high school buddy that I hadn't seen in quite some time, and we wound okay. up tying it on a little bit more than maybe mm. we should have, and she, uh, okay. Taylor doesn't drink much, yeah. and when she does, she always drinks too much, uh -huh. <laughs> so gotcha. it's kind of an all or none, so uh -huh. uh, I haven't seen her that sick in a while, I was just like, I, there was a moment where I was like, are we going to like need to stay in Grand Prairie another night, like, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> so, so she kind of crawled into the back seat and just uh, slowly recovered as we got Not home. to dismiss the effects of a hangover, but I'm glad that's all it is, it was mm -hmm. just a uh, Mm. A hangover. I wasn't sure if like she was getting ill or if she was getting what I, I had or I, I know. Or I, yes, I didn't wish to cancel our meeting because my wife was hungover. So I kind of worded it as. <laughs> no, no, no. You're good. You're good. You're good. Um, speaking of that, did you watch the episode yet? No, I didn't. Okay, no worries. My apologies. No, that's fine. Um, um only reason I suggest is because. Uh, we went over a season one guide. Yeah. Like I just, I just basically typed out episode one, two, three, like what was the main point of each episode? And then hey. Joel, Joel and I went over it. Um, Is that in Google drive right now? I just uploaded okay. it this morning. Okay. Um, okay. It's in just the main folder of around the horn. Okay. So, I know you mentioned also that there is a scene that we should do together. Yeah. If we can do it today after we record, cool. If not, Hell sometime yeah. over the weekend or Monday or okay. whatever. Yeah, I, I I mean, I'm around all weekend, so I, I can spare 30 minutes sometime to do that. No problem. Sounds good. It, uh, the breakdown is just like three columns. It's like column A is episode one, two, three. The next one is the main plot point of the episode, like whatever. And then... Yeah. The other column is just like some additional notes of like, well, here's some other stuff. And it's all stuff that we've basically talked about. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not like really changing the game here. I just know that we we've talked about everything from six episodes to 10 episodes to 20 episodes. And I was like, well, you know, even Joel yesterday talking about Trevor Bauer and whatever. It's like, OK, but we only have so many episodes. And if we're going to do, you know, like 
all these yeah. things. Some stuff needs to be saved for season two. And even when he brought right? that up, I was like, well, we can't squeeze that in now. Like no. maybe season two or three, but yeah. like, let's, yeah. let's, yeah. let's, let's stay focused here. <laughs> let's not rush into the most toxic, controversial topics until. Yes, we exactly. Been picked up for a second. Anyways. Um, so it's like episode one, Brooke, Jake, Jose are hired. The scandal loosely explained. Episode two is like the scouting safari. Uh, Carson, Tugs and Rufus, the invite montage. Um, mm-hmm. Episode three, spring training. We're like at camp now. Uh, the like open to the public tryouts are also going yes. on in that episode. Um Episode four, we've got like the season opener. Season begins, hey. starts with a bad losing streak. So like right out the gate, it's like, yeah, this team sucks. We all knew it was going to suck. Here it is proving us all right. All of our worst concerns have been confirmed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, team Episode five, I've got as the team building excursion. So maybe it's a month into the season now. We flash forward. We go on a pool party or skydiving or golfing or whatever. There's some team building event. And I also have that that would be a good episode for the cash cab sequence. Mm. where like, we do the team building and we have good fuzzy feelings like, all right, we're going to start turning this thing around. And then it's like, where's our fucking starting pitcher? Oh, he's in the cash cab at the airport. Right. So, right. Um, Episode six, the team actually does start turning things around. I figured. Oh, you know what I was thinking might be a fun tie-in in that cash cab episode. This just came to me right now as you were saying that. I'll type it. Is that the starting the starting pitcher being in the cab? You know where Rufus could find his footing is maybe Mm -hmm. he got high and then was forced to pitch. Ooh, wow! The pitch like, as a fill-in, like on short rest. As a fill-in, they're like, he "Well, it was he's a got a off. rubber arm. He's let's put our knuckleballer in, even though he's Love been it. hit That's so great. hard." Great, great excuse for him. Uh, and then it can pitch. build on the team building thing too, where like there's still that feel good of like they came together when mm-hmm. they had to type of thing. Rallied Sorry, around a, just, a weird thing. Yeah. No, that's great. That's a perfect spot to do. <laughs> um, episode six. So after the cash cab incident. This is when the team does start turning things around. So it could be the start of like Rufus has like a untouchable yes. game, whatever. The scene in Major League when Ryo, when O'Doyle comes on and he's just like, most of you probably haven't noticed. And judging by the attendance, you haven't. But our yeah. Indians are starting to turn it around. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Um, so this would be like the quote unquote funnest part of the season, right? Like the feel good yes. vibes are flowing. Uh, everything's clicking players are getting along even Brooke and Jake are starting to like hit their stride on their work relationship um I thought this would also be a good episode for uh like the ballpark promotional shenanigans that we talked about you know having a whatever bring your dog to the ballpark kind of a game or whatever you know like we could inject some of those might fit uh the next episode season episode seven is the mid-season point that would be like an all-star game Joel and I, in our conversation, talked about, you know, who would we send and how that would go. So go have a watch of that because that'll get you kind of caught up on us just thinking out loud as we're going through this. And then, okay, you know, obviously give your feedback and your pushback if you're like, oh, I don't like this or I like this, whatever. Um, then the next episode, episode eight, beloved character gets traded. So someone that we've come to get attached to. Yeah, we do the baseball equivalent of killing them off, and they're gone. And do we know who that is yet, or not? No, we don't know yet. We haven't. Love it. It's just the placeholder. We can figure out who it is. It might be a character we haven't even thought of yet, where it's just like a Star Trek red shirt that we're gonna create for the sake of killing. Um, episode nine is the appeal episode. That's where the players uh, that have been suspended finally have their appeal you know this is like the late august kind of a thing um and that would be our heist or caper episode revealing the complex uh cheating scandal is that the last episode or the second to last okay oh we got 14 14 was as was as few episodes as i could get it to as streamlined so um yeah that's episode nine this show is gonna get picked up and they're gonna be like no Eight episodes. Uh, yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. Um, episode 10 is Brooke is forced to shake up the roster with players returning from suspension. 
Yes. Right. So we get a handful of players back or all of them back or whatever. And the owner's like, well, if I'm paying these guys, they're fucking playing. And she's like, oh, but we have chemistry and like the miracle team is pulling together. Um, Episode 11 would be bad chemistry starts sinking the team again. So we've been kind of good. We've been like making a playoff push like, oh, maybe this team could actually make the playoffs. And then the stars come back and shit falls off the rails again. Because the um, chemistry's bad, right? That's yeah, the idea. Is like it's bad. maybe these guys come back and they're like, get these scrubs out of here, and it just yeah. like, well, plus dang. these guys like haven't played, so they're not yeah. in like game shape, and well, you know, they're yeah. all rusty, right? Like think Kirk in April. Um, now does this May. all lead up to how the owner decides Jake must go? Is maybe Jake starts playing these replacement players despite being told? That's exactly what happens. Okay. What, we, what I've got for episode 11 here is the bad chemistry starts sinking the team again. And then by like the midpoint of that episode, Jake essentially takes a stand and starts benching some stars that aren't buying in and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then episode 12 is kind of like the aftermath of, of that. And mm-hmm. the team kind of writes the ship again now, like um, after Jake's motivational speech and benching the stars. Um, so that is our like, oh, maybe the team makes the playoffs kind of a moment. And I thought this could be a real good like baseball scene showcase kind of an episode where there's like a lot of actual game action yes. going on because we need one of those. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll have stuff sprinkled in. But I thought of this course. could be like, you know, 25 of the 30 minutes is like game footage or whatever. Right. Um, and then episode Sorry, that's episode 12. The team might make the playoffs. Episode 13, team misses the playoffs. Um, and we had kind of thinking out loud on Wednesday. I thought, ooh, a good idea for us to how the team could inevitably miss the playoffs is like the Blue Jays in 2021, where it's like they, they win in the morning and then they all got to hang out and watch the other three games on TV and be like, we just need one of these three teams to lose and, yeah. and we're in. And then just that like devastating. Are you fucking kidding me? The Red yeah. Sox lose in the ninth after being up all day. We're like, or, yeah. or vice versa or whatever. Yeah. Um, And then episode 14 is where Brooke has to fire Jake and it ends with him getting the phone call for Japan. So if you think of another episode that we uh, is we more might, important, I, or- I, I, I'm just throwing this out there and depending on how married Joel is to it, but maybe we just end it with him being fired and we don't even touch on Japan mm-hmm. and it could episode one could literally be Jake on the phone with his agent being like, what do you mean? There's no interest. I literally won manager of the year. <laughs> yeah. You know, we could even spin it like yeah. that. And then, and then that's a good idea. You know, him needing to come to terms with the fact that, you know what? He got a manager position that maybe he didn't deserve right out of the gate, and he still mm-hmm. has to go prove himself. And yeah. uh, I like anyways, it. I mean, mention it to Joel. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's. I'm open to both. I think it's a it's a good option too. Um, J- Joel had said, and I like this idea when the beloved character gets traded, that we should have it as like uh, Jake is in Brooks' office, kind of in that Moneyball scene where uh, Brad Pitt is teaching. Jonah Hill, like how to cut a guy or how to let a guy know he's getting traded or whatever. And like, whatever. So to have Jake have some like iconic line that he's like teaching Brooke, like, no, no, no. Like it's just business. You don't need to baby these guys. I've been traded. I've been DFA'd. Here's how you break the news to them. Start with this. And then whatever the line that we come up with is. And then that's how the phone call with Brooke starts where she fires him. She's like, Jake. And then she says that line. And then he's like, ah, you know, and it's, I'm getting fired. Yeah. I thought that would be a night. That was a good idea. I love that. I do love that scene with Jonah Hill when uh, Brad Pitt's like, would you rather be dragged behind a truck for a day or would you rather be shot in the head? And he's like, (laughs) those are the two options. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, The script for. Uh, that you and me got a film is also in the around the horn folder now Um, it's in the screenplay folder but it's not in a subfolder it's around the horn pilot revisions february 9th 
Okay. Um, I might. I'm. I'm. I'm sure I'll find it. Okay. If not, whatever. I mean, worst case, I have to text you, and you're like, "God damn it!" I told him exactly where it was. It's like three pages long, and it's you and me, like podcast. Yeah. So I've, rep I've replaced the boring broadcast stuff with like awesome. the kind of stupid shit while we're off the rail. You know, like all the like stupid yeah. tangents we get on. Yeah. So it's like uh, I won't read the whole thing, but it's. It starts with uh, she's going for a run. We tune into her AirPods. You say Monday morning mailbag on a Tuesday afternoon. I say on a Monday this time, you say this couldn't wait. Our inbox has been blown up with what? Hundreds of messages about our new GM. I say easily. Even fans of other teams are reaching out. This is literally something I never thought I'd see. You say, well, they've done it. I say, They've removed the urinal from the GM's ensuite. And then you laugh and say, you think Atkins had a urinal in his office? And I say, no, ensuite. And yes, a urinal is the most efficient way to TCOB. It's how business gets done. It's the drive-by shooting of potty breaks. You know what urinal stands for? You say, what's that? I say, you're in, already done. And then we have another conversation about bathroom breaks and... and yeah. uh females sitting down to pee and and, and i could whether, be like i said that's a competitive disadvantage <laughs> or whatever and yeah so it goes on for three minutes and, and it's just a stupid little weird conversation okay. and yeah. whatever but love that <clears throat> okay um show notes are still short for february but that's that's mm -hmm. february baby uh, i'm excited for players to start reporting and us to start talking about shit like, oh yeah honestly man i mean we'll end it on the fact we'll end it on uh so instead of pitchers catchers reporting today in la which they're the first team that the, it's happening out we'll, the just, back. we'll bookend on it yeah sounds good sounds good um yeah so let's get to it then okay sounds good good you ready? I'll count us in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, three, two, one, and we're rolling. Back home, back in the podcast studio. I love saying that about my spare room. It just makes <laughs> it feel so much more valid, you know? Well, you know, it's something to reference when you get audited from the CRA for writing I off 33% of your say, rent. As, as <laughs> As far as the, the, the CRA knows, this is a podcast studio and an expensive <laughs> one at that. All right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Hello and welcome everybody to the walk off. This is the Friday show. I'm Scott Belford joined as always by the best co-host in the biz, Adam Mack. This is the flagship show. You know, we're pushing 500 episodes. I don't know if you crazy. saw that. Isn't crazy. that crazy? We're, we're spring training away from starting our fourth season of this show. Unreal. Who would have thought? I honestly never would have guessed we would have lasted this long, buddy. Yeah, I never thought we'd be talking to players on the team or Mark Shapiro or any of yeah. this. It's, it's cool. It's it, wild. It's, uh, it is very cool. Stuff. Speaking of players on the team, uh, we do have Damiano Pamagiani lined up for next week. He says Tuesday, Wednesday. He just got to Florida. Right. Uh Chad, Cheese, Dallas also nice. is set in Florida. The Cheddar. So we're going to have him back on uh, sometime next week. Haggy, I'm waiting for him to just get back to me on a date. He did confirm that he definitely wants to come back on the show, and I'm excited to just talk about that debut of his. Mm -hmm. I can't. What an emotional roller coaster, man. To the point, dude. I want to put it as like almost a minor story point in what we're writing, you yeah, know, like I just know. that idea of like this guy who like grinds it out for nine years needs to transition As a position from change. To yeah, exactly. Yeah. Finally makes the, the majors and then pitches seven pitches and, and blows out his, his oblique, like just, ugh. George RR <laughs> R. Martin couldn't have written it any more dramatic himself. So exactly. Red wedding step aside. Yeah. Okay, lots to talk about today, even though we are scraping the bottom of the barrel, but the Blue Jays, I don't know, what would you call Vladdy? Their cornerstone? Maybe not quite, but I mean, 
definitely the guy they thought would be the cornerstone. They took him to arbitration over $1.7 million. I think he's still our cornerstone. You can be I disappointed, so but he's yeah. still like. The success of this team still relies on whether yeah. or not he can pull it out. Exactly. exactly. So we'll get into Vlad's arb case. The Yankees fans. So the next, uh, we will get into a bunch of Blue Jays stuff. Kind of a roundup, if you will. Otto Lopez was DFA'd. Yariel Rodriguez finally had his deal announced. And it's a little different than we originally anticipated. Yankees fans lose their mind over Vladdy signing Kevin Durant's uh, uh, Blue Jays jersey for Kevin Durant. They exchanged jerseys. And Vladdy wrote something that Yankees fans, man, Vladdy is so in Yankees fans head. It makes me laugh so much because I'll be honest, man, when a player puts on the pinstripes, I just don't like them automatically, mm -hmm. but I don't obsess over Yankees players quite like Yankees fans get squirrely mm -hmm. over Vladdy, you know? Yep. So we'll, we'll dig into that a little bit. Jeff Passan, uh, reigniting the rumors about oh. Cody Bellinger coming to the Blue Jays. He said nothing except that he's a good fit, but of course now that and that the Jays uh, are desperate. Yes, and that the Jays are desperate. Uh, Justin Turner read a really interesting article from Nick Ashburn on Sportsnet about what a unicorn Justin Turner already is at 39 years old. And we're really hoping that this old man has one more year in him of defying father time. Very few players are as successful as late into their career as Justin Turner. So we'll dig into that a little bit. And then we'll end on the fact that, hey, yes, the Super Bowl is on Sunday. Pitchers and catchers reporting in L.A. today. The Jays on the 14th along with 17 other teams. Every team is kind of uh, reporting just between today and and I think the 16th is the latest. So baseball officially starting. And uh, what a great way to start the show. So let's dig in. By the way, I know I had a couple people reach out about mailbag. And basically the question was, how do I get my question on? Um, and I mean... I know what they meant. They meant, how do I get my question on without joining Patreon? And that's 100% fine. We honestly just appreciate the views and uh, you guys just following along with us. You don't need to join Patreon. If you do join Patreon, that's an automatic bump. Four bucks a month. It doesn't matter how many times you write in. You can get on once a week. Uh, I know that that was one of the comments was like, well, the Patreon, some of them are on almost every time. It's like, yes, that is the advantage that's... of Patreon. But... <laughs> You're explaining exactly what the benefit is. So you figured it out. Good you job. You figured it out. You figured what we're doing out. Yes. So we do try very hard to get uh, as many different comments on as possible. You, you can literally drop your comments in YouTube. We normally get to one, two, three of those every single mailbag. You can DM us on Twitter. We're very active on there. That's at Walk Off Podcast. And you can shoot us a message on Instagram, the Walk Off Podcast. So those are kind of the best ways to get a hold of us. Again, we do get hundreds of messages and comments and questions every single week. So please don't take offense. All right. We'll move on from there and get right into this. So Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was taken to arbitration just yesterday. And I mean, the big question to me, man, was why? I, I really didn't understand this one. Sorry, he was taken to arbitration on Wednesday. And honestly, Adam, I figured right up until Wednesday, literally before the arbitration hearing, I still somewhat felt like this was just the Bo Bichette going down again. Uh, some of you might remember last year, Bo Bichette was after $7 million in arbitration, and the Jays offered 5.1. Again, it was the largest gap in arbitration. And before, so the way arbitration works, just a reminder, is once you officially announce you're going to arbitration, it's between those two numbers. There's no middle of the road. There's no negotiating. The player puts their number out. The team puts their number out. The arbiter comes in and decides from there. 
and there's nothing you can do. You need to go to arbitration unless you go to a multi-year deal and start buying out other years of ARB, and then you're back to the drawing board, and that's exactly what happened last year with Bo Bichette. You'll remember, instead of going five years and arguing between, or sorry, five million and arguing between five or seven million, they just bought out all three years of his ARB for like 30 million bucks, a little more than that. I think it worked out to 11 million AAV. And I just thought that's what was going to happen with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And it didn't wind up happening. So the Jays had put forward 18.2 million. Vladdy had put 19.9 million. Sorry, what Vladdy did the Jays won. put out? 18? 18.2, yeah. 1.7 million in difference there. Yeah, it's... uh. What did he get in our last year? 15? Maybe just look it up. I think it was 14. It was like a 3 million. I, 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 yeah, maybe just double check there for me. What is interesting is that Vladdy all the way along has really been a great comp with Pete Alonzo in New York. Yes, uh, Alonzo was more consistent with his home runs. But if you just look at their careers, their home run numbers match up pretty closely. The type of player they are who they are at first base defensively. So uh, Pete Alonso accepted on January 11th the Mets offer of $20.5 million, And the arbiter obviously just felt that he was closer to the Pete Alonso comparable than whatever the Blue Jays were trying for at 18.2. So I'm, I'm going to ask you a question here, Adam, because I, I can't really wrap my head around it. And I could be wrong on how I'm viewing this, but I feel like... There's only two reasons that they would go to arbitration with Vlad over this. And it's that they, number one, they either don't want to sign him long-term and have kind of hit a wall where they have decided they just want to spend as little money on him the next two years as they can. The other one is also feels negative which is they're sending him a message that they're not pleased with how he went about his routine in 2023 and that they're not going to bend over backwards for him until he bends over backwards for them am i wrong tell me why it's not one of those two because i don't want it to be one of those two things and for everyone on youtube feel free to drop a comment here too we'll address this in mailbag Uh, yeah, I don't know what the right answer is. I think, I mean, look, he had what last year was worse than the year before for Vladdy, right? Yes, substantially. He's continuing a downward trend. <clears throat> like arbitration goes, he, he could hit under 200 this year with 11 home runs, God forbid. And his arbitration next year is still going to be worth more yeah. than nineteen point nine. Like it's going, yes, he still up gets a raise. Absolutely, regardless. how arbitration might only be twenty one million. Like it, whatever, yeah. but it's not going to be less. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there has to have been some. I feel like they must have offered a number that they thought was fair. Look, based on your performance, you're in a later arb year, so yes, you're getting a raise, but like you've had the worst year of your career. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get $4 million raise, not a $6 million raise. They must have thought it was fair or reasonable. Uh, obviously, he has a different number in mind. But I think once you put your numbers out there, you don't flinch. Like, I don't, either side, I don't blame for not flinching and saying, yeah, like, no, no, no. I, like, the, the reason that we gave you this number in the first place is because this is what we thought was fair. Mm -hmm. You know, if you... If the if Atkins had offered whatever it was eighteen something, and then Vladdy goes no 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 I I want nineteen nine, and then Ross Atkins goes okay yeah no worries here's nineteen five how's that sound and then Vladdy goes oh so you were lowballing, yeah right like I think that's almost worse to be like we look we'll give Maybe. you up to twenty if you want twenty we'll give you twenty but we'd rather only give you eighteen so we're gonna lowball you I think that's better than like. Than just saying like we we genuinely think you're worth 18. That's our honest evaluation of you. So we're gonna give you the most that we think you're welcome to, or that you, whatever. 
we might have different baseball is so interesting with the arbitration idea because it's the only sport that does it where they're like listen before you're a free agent we're going to give you the opportunity to completely sour the relationship right (laughs) maybe three maybe four chances to really hate each other now I know it's probably a bad comparable because Marcus Stroman has had a chip on his shoulder his whole career. It's one of the reasons why he has succeeded as a I think it's because he's so tall. They call it tall man syndrome. Yes, the tall man syndrome that Marcus Stroman has. And it did really sour the relationship when he went to arbitration. He really felt slighted. And we always talk about how Vladimir Guerrero Jr. grew up in the baseball world. And so you cross your fingers and hope that because he has operated with a business sense all the way through that he understands He's not taking arbitration personally every single player goes through this and mm-hmm. he takes it like a big boy that's that's what you're hoping although it it was kind of interesting that the blue jays had an unusually busy caseload this year so they they had 12 players that were eligible for arbitration and adam vlad was the only one that went to a hearing so i you can take that as a positive too right that they did come to terms with the majority of the cases that they had and of course the highest money one was the one that that took an arbiter coming in to decide so again this happens to every player. You hope Vladdy's a big boy and that this doesn't sour any relationship. You hope Vlad comes out and and humbles the ball, right? Has a huge year coming into his final year of arbitration, which would be great for him because he'd get a bigger deal. And maybe it would show some, um, the organization, it would give them some surety to extend. Because I think that's the big thing with Vladdy. We keep watching these guys on other organizations, Bobby Witt Jr. with the uh, Royals, the most recent, these young stars being given these long deals. And everyone in Toronto, I think you and I included in that, Adam, keep going, when are we going to see it with Bo and Vlad? And I think what has happened with Vlad is that this organization just, there's too many question marks. So if he can have a big season, might go a long way. I go a long way is right. Um, you know who's up for arbitration next year? Interesting to see how it plays out. Should have been up for arbitration this year. He didn't suck enough to yes to not, not accumulate enough service time. Is Alec Manoa? Mm-hmm. How do you think that arbitration goes out? Honestly. I think if there's two ways this goes, Alec Manola excels again, is a number three, number two, maybe even a number one pitcher again. And the Jays move him. Or he stinks, has no value, and the Jays... Let him rot in the minors till he either figures it out or has enough value where they can move him. So you think, and I'm not arguing. I think he's gone. You. you think, think he's, he's gone, gone at the end of this year? I do. He's either rebuilds his value and we're like, thanks for the prospects and good luck, Alec, but that mm-hmm. relationship is toast. Or he's not worth anything and we his career is over, basically. And I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I, I kind of hope I am. I Yeah. No, I mean, it's does Alec hold a grudge? You know, he's upset about the way things went down. Yeah, I mean, here's here's how here's how you could solve that. Like if you really wanted to bury the hatchet, if there was a concern over whatever, right? Because buy his R beers out. So, okay, yeah, the way yeah, the way his. Service time played out last year was the Jays didn't gain a year of control like he still goes to free agency at the same age whether he played all of last year with the jays or what actually happened but it does make the difference of him getting four years of arbitration versus three years of arbitration yes so that means one extra year at the league minimum right here look at what this one extra year of 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 time did for vladi 
that it's the thing. It's an extra like twenty to twenty-five million dollars potentially, right? In like total, because yes. you're you're trading like years one, two, and three for like a superstar are generally like three to five million in year one, mm-hmm. in the teens for year two, pushing twenty for year three, and then like Juan Soto got thirty-one million. I think that's the high yeah. water mark for for the final year of arbitration. But like in that mid twenties range, so instead you're eliminating year four at 20 ish million, even on the low side for Manoa, like if he bounces back and whatever mm-hmm. is probably at least 15 to 20. Right. Mm-hmm. So you, you remove that and you replace it with an extra year of pre-arbitration at like 800,000 is, is what you're doing, right? You're shaving 19 to $25 million out of his bank account. So I guess, yeah, one way that you could just, bury the hatchet is to give him a boba shit like look we'll just buy out your arb years yeah here's 60 million over the next four or whatever the math works out to right here's 45 million for the next four years or or the next three years or whatever and then uh we're good right and, and you just and he goes okay and and you just give him back the 18 million that he would have lost from having a fourth year of arb versus a a pre-arb year you know, whatever the total is, right? Or in in first year of ARB, you, you start them at 10 million or, or whatever. And you just go, look, we still like you. We realize you got a raw deal. or We weren't doing it to, like, to cut you out of $20 million or whatever. Like, he has to recognize he played himself into that hole. It's unfortunate the way it worked out. But I think you're right. Like, I think it is if he has a bounce back The performance part is on him, like 100%. And if he cannot take responsibility for that, then I think that's another reason why the organization would be all right with cutting The red flag, personality red flag. I mean, again, it is different if if it was happening with the Oakland Athletics or the Cincinnati Reds or someone who, like, wasn't in a contending window. And it was like, well, we can just grind it out. We're only going to win 75 games anyways. So let's just let them figure it out. But like we, we were just in a position last year. We're like, we can't just set every fifth game on fire and be down 11 runs in the fifth inning. Like we can't keep doing that. Let's face it, Adam. Had Alec Manoa even regressed to a level of a four ERA, remembering Mm -hmm. that he did finish uh, 2022 with, third in Cy Young voting and an ERA under three. So that's still a a fairly large regression, right? Of 1.2 on his ERA. The Jays would have won like far more than 89 wins. They would have been a 92 to 95 win team. Had Alec Manoa just been serviceable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alec Manoa getting traded. That's one thing to keep in mind. Everybody is, we we still don't know. Like this is the thing, right? Is this is still so much speculation. So I do hate getting too into the weeds with Alec Manoa because he hasn't come out and said anything. He's kind of done the right thing and the big boy thing and and kept his mouth shut on this whole thing. So it's just speculation that the relationship has soured. But the speculation is coming from people fairly close mm-hmm. to the situation. You know, like you're hearing guys like Ben Nicholson Smith say, "Yeah, things aren't." Like he was on the show and we asked him Mm -hmm. and he was like, yeah, things aren't the greatest. He left it at that, right? He didn't get into details, but I mean, it's just straight up being acknowledged by reporters in the system that things aren't great. Yeah. Oh man. I think relationships can heal easily with money. Like that is one thing about professional sports, right? Is like, if you're going to pay up, you know what? All is forgiven. If Alec Manoa has, I mean, if he comes into spring training next week and he's like, I don't care how big he is, but if he's conditioned, like if he's healthy and he's firing on all cylinders and he has a great spring training, opening day yeah. starter. <laughs> oh, I think, I think that, God, that's Gary man. Gossman, right? Yeah. Old, old Gar, old Gary. He's going to uh, be our are we, opening uh, day starter, I think. Are we starting on the road? Yes. Well, there yes, you go. He could be of... our home opener then, right? There you go. He could be our number four guy. And you go, Alec, you're our home opener. Tip of the cap. Here's the ball. Don't blow it. 
Mm-hmm. I don't or know. Or you shelter him in every possible way from any sort of pressure. Yeah. Yeah, what's Lots the of different ways to go about it? Look like to start. It's, uh, so a few things. We'll start with the Rays for four, Houston for three, New York for three. So a ten game road set to start the season. Well, they or coming home on April eighth, and we got to uh, Seattle. Oh yeah, Reynolds. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of a Jays roundup here. A few things coming out this morning. Uh, ben Nicholson Smith tweeting out that Yariel Rodriguez officially a Blue Jay. We've been waiting for this to be official. Obviously, this has been something Blue Jays fans have known for about a month now. The the news of Cuban pitcher Yariel Rodriguez joining the fold in Blue Jays land, but the Yariel Rodriguez deal is official. Notably, it's announced as a five-year, $32 million deal, not previously reported as four. So what does that mean? If you break down the AAV over five years, it's actually a $6.4 million deal, which makes it a lot more palatable for him to be a bullpen pitcher. That price tag really lines up with what the Blue Jays were paying Jimmy Garcia, right? $6 million a year. So now Ross Atkins did come out and say Yariel brings a diverse arsenal, impressive athleticism, and ability to get swing and miss. He adds starting depth to our pitching group and has a chance to impact our major league team in multiple roles. So we already knew that they were probably going to stretch Yariel out as he finally figured out his paperwork and visas to get to spring training. So that is why they finally have announced this deal is that they were waiting for that to come through. I know that Sean LaComber and I were talking about that last Friday was just the struggle he was getting into Canada and the U.S. Mm-hmm. So that problem is over. They've announced the actual deal. The fact it's five years is interesting because let he hasn't played in the bigs. So yeah. if even if the AAV is much more palatable when it comes to a bullpen pitcher, if he stinks, it's still a big chunk of money to pay. So should be interesting to see what goes on there. Expect Yariel to have the chance to stretch out as a starting pitcher in spring and compete for that fifth spot with Alec Manoa. Should be interesting to see this guy who hasn't pitched in the bigs, how he performs. But the Blue Jays are very thorough when it comes to scouting. And obviously they felt this guy is going to really contribute to the team. They've been trying to find that Ross Stripling piece since he went to the Giants. They originally went out at the trade deadline and, and picked up Mitch White a couple of years ago, and Mitch White just didn't work out. So I think that's kind of the role they see Yariel in is the long relief ability to maybe pick up a start here and there, put pitch four or five innings when they need him to. I like it. 26 years old. Let's see what the kid can do. Yeah, um, much needed starting pitching depth. Flexibility, uh, I mean, best case scenario, it's Ross Stripling, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And honestly, dude, you know, I really like this move a lot more than what they were doing for starting pitching depth last year, which, you know, what was it? Like Zach Thompson, Drew Hutchison, like guys that, yeah, there was potential upside, but for the most part, they're jobbers, ham and eggers that weren't really going to be able to contribute when – the chips are down, right? Ham and eggers. Oh, man. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. I like it. So more Blue Jays news, obviously, with Yariel being added to the roster and joining the 40-man. Somebody was the odd man out, and that somebody was Canadian Otto Lopez, who yep. it's kind of too bad. You know, he made his MLB debut with the Blue Jays September 2022, could play shortstop, could play some third base, had the ability to play second, had the ability to play left field, kind of that utility guy. He had a World Baseball Classic to remember for the Canadian team. Was incredible. And then he got injured and just never really caught his footing again in the minors last season, 25 years old, and just just the odd man out. So, you know, it's a bummer. The Jays just needed left-handed. They needed guys who could hit left. You know, they needed left-handed hitters, uh, bench bats, mm-hmm. and 
Ottawa's injured while that was the case. And then when they needed another guy, when he was healthy, he was sucking it up. So kind of how it goes in baseball. Uh, the last thing with uh, this roundup here of Blue Jays news that I wish to touch on is just the Vladimir Guerrero Jr. exchanging autographed jerseys with hmm. sure-to-be Hall of Famer, superstar Kevin Durant in the NBA. They both uh, exchanged jerseys and signatures. Vladdy put on the jersey uh, 2021 All-Star MVP. And that sent Yankees fans into a complete tizzy. Just uh, how pathetic, how horrible, how what an embarrassment. This is like literally, and this was for days. This sort of stuff was coming out on Yankees Twitter. And it just kind of makes me laugh because he's in their head, man. Like Yankees fans literally think about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. on a regular. Yeah. Wait, what did he sign it? He signed it uh, 2021 All-Star MVP because he won the MVP in the 2021 All-Star game. That's such a... Was Kevin Durant at the All-Star game? Like, what's the significance of that? I think... Am am I missing something here? No, I think it was just Kevin Durant signed his uh, 10-time All-Star or whatever it was, right? Like, they were just kind of like... okay. I, I don't know. Because it just seems like such a weird uh, glory days kind of a sadness to it, you know, like, like, but last year, home run derby champ, you know, yeah, I don't know. Honestly, just, I I don't know why. I mean, I could see why the Yankees would be like, oh, it's pathetic. But as a Jays fan, I'm kind of like, you're 25, you're hanging your hat on a accomplishment you had two years ago <laughs> second in mvp votes vladdy guerrero <laughs> yeah i don't know a little odd but no, yeah okay it, if durant puts get... something referencing all-star games then i could see if it's more of a like aha wink wink kind of a thing that's yeah that's that's i'm i'm okay with that more if that's the case but you know what i'm aware that the all-star game means nothing and so does the home run derby and maybe hanging your hat on either of those things is uh a silly thing to do, but I mean, you're sitting there with a top 10 basketball player of all time. I don't know. It seemed innocent to me. Like it didn't seem like he was like flexing, you know, like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was Mm -hmm. pathetic. (laughs) You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me like the, the Yankees obsession with Vladdy, whether this all-star thing, is valid or not is um so my best buddy in grade 11 was dating a girl that he like no home runs we can use the old the old base scale here no home runs right but he got to third base with her and it was very exciting time you know grade 11 you know just very exciting and then they broke up and he became a little obsessed with her right like not crazy obsessed but obsessed like we all worked at the uh theater in grand prairie and so sometimes he would we we'd drive by the theater to see if her car was there you know little mm-hmm. things like that right mm-hmm. and this is how i feel like yankee fans are with with vlad right mm-hmm. just like oh well, what, what is he doing what's he doing over there i don't i hate him i don't even i don't even like him but what did he say just feels weird <laughs> It does. It does. I thought you were going to say that your buddy from high school still like signs off on his emails and his letters. It's <laughs> like, like, yeah. like Tom, Tom Jefferson uh, led Grand Prairie High School in sexual triples 1999. <laughs> I, I like that you got the year right. Good for you. <laughs> there you go. I had to do some math real quick. You know what it is? I know that it's that. Vlad performs well at Yankee Stadium, has his whole career. He hits 287 there. He's had 39 hits, 12 homers, 22 RBIs, 19 runs scored in 36 games in his career there. Hasn't necessarily burned the place down, but definitely admirable numbers at Yankee Stadium mm-hmm. for a kid who's 25. Um, he came out and said he he would never play for the Yankees. That's the I, biggest thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and then it's and then it's for you to say you wouldn't play for us. We don't even want you. 
is exactly. Kind of the, yeah, it's the it's the douchebag at the bar who goes up and hits on the on the girl, and she's like, "Not in a million years." And he's like, "Well, guess what? You're an ugly slut, and I never wanted you anyways." Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so Yankees fans, we're off the rails. Hate, hate Vladdy. We can move on from that. <laughs> okay, the last thing we'll touch on here before we get into the fact that spring training is right around the corner is Justin Turner. Uh, read a really interesting article from Nick Ashburn in Sportsnet on the Sportsnet app just yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it really put into perspective what the Jays are trying to get out of this. And the fact that there is some real risk to this. So over the over the last 15 seasons, and that time span avoids the steroid error because obviously in the steroid error, oh yeah, lots of 39-year-olds refound Robinson Cano all of a sudden. You know, like I, I know Cano wasn't the steroid error, but he did get busted at 40 doing steroids and everyone was like, oh, that's why he's all of a sudden magically hitting like he did at 32. Uh <laughs> So avoiding the steroid error, okay, just 15 players have managed even 400 plate appearances at the age of 39 or into their 40s. Uh, The list of players is pretty impressive, too. They're not just nobodies. Uh, Adrian Beltre did it. First ballot Hall of Famer. Albert Pujols did it. Soon to be first ballot Hall of Famer. Alex Rodriguez did it. Would be a first ballot Hall of Famer had he not been roiding up. Carlos Beltran, uh, possible Hall of Famer. He had a 46.5% on his first ballot this year. Chipper Jones, first ballot Hall of Famer. David Ortiz, first ballot Hall of Famer. Derek Jeter, first ballot Hall of Famer, right? Achiro Suzuki, locked to be first ballot Hall of Famer. Ken Griffey Jr., first ballot Hall of Famer. Miguel Cabrera. Probably first ballot Hall of Famer. And then Ra- Raul Abanez, who really uh, performed. I don't know if you remember that, Adam, but they used to play Werewolves of London. I was just going to say the way you Seattle. said that, made, that song immediately came in my head. I wasn't aware yeah. that they did that in Seattle, but yeah. okay. I made the connection. Fun. So kudos to you and your howling. That was well done. Thank you. I knew exactly I what you were it. getting at. <laughs> but man, you go down that list. <laughs> And you're just like, these are the guys. These are the only guys. Can Justin Turner be in that category? And the Jays need him to be, man. Like, they really need him to be. Justin Turner, is he a Hall of Famer? No. Okay. So how about he gets a little bit of Santiago Espinal's special diet going. Roy right up. <laughs> I don't yeah, care right. when he gets suspended, as long as it's like mid-season, just <laughs> enough to buy time for a Relvis to come up, yeah. and be competent, and then you're good. The first half is uh, roided up Justin Turner, and then a healthy young buck in a Relvis Martinez replacing him in uh, late August. That's that's fine by me. Give me 400 at bats from Justin Turner on steroids, and then 200 at bats from a Relvis at the end of the year. Oh. I like that. That's the plan. So very curious on you folks, the grounds crew. We'll tackle this one on Tuesday for mailbag. Where are you at on your confidence level that Justin Turner can continue to perform like he has in his late thirties? Are you confident? Also, what would make, what would be a, Stronger reason for baseball fans to dislike Justin Turner. If he got busted using steroids or just the fact that he is a ginger. (laughs) It's a toss up. Let Let us us know know in the comments, everybody. (laughs) Remember, we try and get to as many comments as we can. (laughs) All right. No, but truly, uh, fingers crossed that Justin Turner works out. I know we skipped a, a topic here, so we, we will talk really quickly about Jeff Passan and what he had to say on Wednesday about the fact that Cody Bellinger is still a fit for the Toronto Blue Jays. He didn't really add any kind of um, inside knowledge to this, more just talking about the fact that 
you know, it's been an underwhelming offseason for the Blue Jays and that they could really use another big bat in this lineup and that Cody Bellinger fits well. Um, I mean, the thing with Cody Bellinger is that IKF would probably get fewer at bats because you'd probably play Justin Turner at third base more if you had the ability to throw those bats into the lineup. Do you want a 40-year-old playing more third base? I don't know. Wait, hold on. Explain the reasoning to for this to me. If we had Bellinger, yeah, so then Turner I, plays third base more? I would think so because if you are have that extra bat, right? You have that extra lefty bat, uh you're probably going to have more lineups where IKF is not necessarily your fourth outfielder, is not necessarily filling in at second or third. And you probably are going to line it up so Justin Turner's playing a little bit more third base to have all of these bats in the lineup. IKF, a lefty? I don't think so. Okay, so in one scenario, we don't have Cody Bellinger. Let's call that reality. Yeah. Um, IKF, starting third baseman. Justin Turner, DH mostly. Is that the understanding? Is, is is a righty, by the way. Yes, I, okay. I sorry, I just had to double check that. So, but he's he's in the reality timeline, most likely third base most of the time, and then yeah. by adding an outfielder, all of a sudden we don't need him to play third because, like, why wouldn't we just have that regardless of? I don't know how just Cody Bellinger. Just because- because of the way you'd be manipulating the lineup to get his bat in there, right? So to get Bellinger's bat in there? Yeah, exactly. So Bellinger's going to be playing in the outfield, probably playing first base a bit. You're going to see the DH spot used more for Vladdy, Springer, Turner, right? So, like, I, I'm not saying IKF won't play plenty of third base, but I think if you bring in Cody Bellinger, how can you possibly put IKF in the lineup uh, 130 times? Just because he he's our weakest like the, bat? Yeah. I mean, it probably affects all, all these bubble guys. Like, Davis Schneider is projected to get a lot of time in left field, right? He's another guy who's probably, if you bring in a Cody Bellinger, you're just going to see less from him. Uh, who knows, man? I could be full of shit, and IKF could come in and literally blow all of our minds, and we're just like, why were we worried about this guy? He's completely capable where he is. He's hitting in the six or seven hole and he's doing it better than most of the guys we had doing it there last year. Why was this even such a big problem? Right, that's the dream, right? Like, that's what you hope happens. But in when I, you're looking at manipulating the lineup, I'm just like, well, frick, I'd much rather Cody Bellinger's bat in there than IKF. How do we do it? Like, you put Justin Turner at third. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely follow that logic. I just also still feel that way about every other guy relative to IKF. So if, like for me, it's just just put Justin and you Turner might see at third. That too, dude. I'm yeah, like, just I, play Justin Turner, even if he's defensive, a little bit of a liability. If he's hitting like Brandon Belt did last year or like what he's capable of, I would just rather that and just have IKF be a 25th man. And like which Adam might be the case. I think there's some question. Give me Davis Schneider's bat more than IKF, right? That. I was just going to say that. If if Davis Schneider comes out and performs by June, we could see IKF more as that bench guy who is the utility dude who can play all over the place. But the question mark is what's happening with Santiago Espinal? Is he even on the team this year? What's going on with Kevin Biggio? How many guys that can play five positions are we going to have on the bench? Right? Like there's just, there's just, so it just makes more sense to pencil Justin Turner in at DH right now. But if you have another bat, like, yeah. like it, there's already question marks with the guys on the team right now as to how much time IK, IKF gets. So if, you're going to bring in another guy. It just would stem to reason. We have the term. I just want to coin a phrase here. Tell me if this works for you. We've got a utility man. Like the utility man is a thing. It's an established role, right? You're Kevin Biggio's. Like you said, we got five. Yes. How about this for an IKF? The futility man. 
the useless. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Our futility man. I'm let's gonna start calling him. him that. He's our. Let's let him get a few games as a Blue Jay before we completely turn on him. <laughs> IKF. That's Isa- Isaiah Kiner Futility. That's his name. There you go. Exactly. Nailed it. All right. We'll wrap it up on a happy note for baseball fans. The season is upon us. Los Angeles Dodgers pitchers and catchers actually reporting to spring training today, baby. 18 other teams, including the Blue Jays, reporting February 14th, and all 30 teams will be in camp sometime between today and February 16th. Game starting February 24th for spring training, and then it's just a short month away before we are in our most critical season in yeah. recent history. Is I would agree. It's so pivotable. So. I would agree. Exciting stuff. Super Bowl this Sunday, and it's officially baseball season after that. Go, we'll love see to you see Monday it. for MLB Mondays, Mailbag Tuesday. That's right, it'll be a big one. Interviews start Wednesday. Drop your, drop your comments down at Walkoff Podcast on Twitter. Feel free to follow us; that would be great. We're pushing almost twenty five hundred followers now, so that's get your cool. questions in too for those interviews with Damiano Palmagiani, the Cheddar, and uh, Hagen Danner. So yes, exactly. Drop those. All right, everybody. You can find us. Thanks so much for watching the Friday show. Always appreciate it. We're pushing 500 episodes here, which is absolutely wild. And we wouldn't have kept doing it without you folks. So take care of yourselves. We will see you all on Monday for our Patreon special. And if you're not a Patreon member, well, then we'll just see you on Tuesday for Mailbag. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, very good, sir. Um, Yeah, well, I got you then. We won't run through the script right now, but can I just help you find it? Yes. Um, it is okay. Screenplay folder, right? I can't hear you anymore, buddy. Sorry. Oh, now. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. I forget how fucking focused a microphone is on its sound cone. Uh, yeah, it should be the only file that isn't a folder. Right. Okay. Yeah, I see it. So. Perfect. Very cool. Then if you click on that, it is, um, yeah, page one to three is what it is. Okay. For that dialogue. I put some other uh, jokes and stuff sprinkled throughout in different conversations or whatever just trying to punch things okay. up um have a read of it and then yeah we'll we'll go back i mean you don't have to be you don't have to memorize it right like worst case scenario yeah. we do a couple i mean it's going to be edited right so we'll just yeah. cut you say your line cut i'd say my line cut, you know like whatever and i'll chop these it up 35 pages are they all um it's all your stuff right no no, no. well this is this is the pilot that joel wrote Oh, right. Oh, right. Right. right so right, as right. for the like, what's mine? I just I mean, I've got when Jake's on the phone with his uh, agent, like I just I went in and I added a couple tweaks like uh, just try and like Joel writes a really good story. Yeah. But a lot of his jokes, I find not funny necessarily or like a little bit like cliched humor kind of yeah. like there's a when he's when jake's having the conversation with his agent and his agent's talking about him getting in like the bar fight or whatever because he slept with one of his teammates wives and then jake's like yeah. well we didn't do much sleeping yeah. like all right that's i've heard that a million times right so just like some things like that where i think yeah. is opportunities for you and me to go in and be like hey let's just take a conversation and inject something clever or whatever right um and then uh yeah so read read the first three pages there as i've got it and then i'd also just encourage you to be like just take a swing on that podcast intro or whatever like you get the idea of it's you yeah. and me having banter and yeah 
all that we really need to accomplish in that conversation is announcing asteroids have hired Brooke as the yeah. first female GM, right? But otherwise, yeah. you know, try and think of a stupid fucking weird conversation you and me would have and 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 let's put that into it, right? So rewrite Absolutely. rewrite your own version of it if you want or make tweaks to mine and, and we can do mine and record it and then do yours and record it and and uh, whatever. But I read it out to Joel on Wednesday and he's like, oh, he's like, I like that. But he's like, now I want to see it like performed or whatever so we'll just yeah. do that Perfect. for him and then whatever so love it absolutely okay buddy uh, we'll, uh want to aim want to aim for tomorrow not too early tomorrow i've got how's, how's I, your hockey schedule looking this weekend buddy when can we fit this in because i'm uh, pretty much wide open my brother's in town but i i mean i know it's only 30 minutes i just don't wish it super early if we can avoid it but if that's well, all it works i can do i've <laughs> The thing is, I got hockey at four. Got to leave the house at like two thirty, which then okay. means my Dungeons and Dragons game got bumped up to ten a.m. So right. it would have to be before ten. If you could do it at like nine, cool. If you could do it later today, like if you want to just do it, like if you want to go take a lunch break and we can do it at one o'clock or something, we could do yeah. that too. Yeah. Or that works how's your you. Sunday look? Well, Sunday's Super Bowl Sunday, and I got oh, hockey yeah, right. too, and then I got no, ball no, 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 in the no, evening. So, if you want to do it Sunday morning, we can at like ten or something. I think. Yeah. Well, let me yeah. just double check hockey then. Uh, yeah, hockey's not until four on Sunday as well. So I could do Sunday morning with you if you want to do Sunday at like ten. We could do it Sunday at ten. Yeah, let's do Sunday at ten. Okay, sounds good. I'll that see just you then. gives me a chance to kind of read it and try and. Yeah, yeah. I, I know I don't need to memorize it, but I would like to like not be reading it. So. Yeah, yeah. Figure out like yeah. which emphasis you want to put on which words. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. So okay, okay. Cheers, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Yeah, man. Good job. Okay. You too. Cheers.